Jay Strom. Welcome to my new show, the show that I've been wanting to do a long time in my life. I just uh, didn't know when to do it or how to do it or what, but I decided just to hit record and start talking about it. And that is my addiction. Yes, it's a very sad thing. I have an addiction. Uh, hello, my name is Jason Wallstrom. Call me the Jaystrom. I have an addiction. Hello, Jaystrom. Oh, hello, everyone. Um, I'm addicted to a show called Chuck. That's right. A show called Chuck. It started on NBC in 2007. It ran for five seasons, and now it's over. And I can't get over it. It's like a... Uh, a dear friend has departed, and I just can't move on. Sure, I've watched other shows, and in fact, I have uh, binge-watched other shows and liked some of those shows, but it's not the same as Chuck. Chuck, I can't get over. When the show ended in 2012, I came to a conclusion. I have to start over. <laughs> I have to start over. And uh, in all seriously, folks, uh, welcome to the Chuck series companion. This is a new show that basically I want to rewatch Chuck with you. After you watch an episode of Chuck, my favorite TV series of all time, I want you to check out the corresponding episode of the Chuck series companion. For instance, this is season one, episode one of the Chuck series companion. So after you watch the pilot episode or Chuck versus the Intersect, I want you to now listen to this show. And basically, we're watching it together. After you watch it, have your thoughts, whatever you laughed at or whatever, then you tune into this and we'll talk about it. There's so many times, it's so funny when I think about Chuck, is that uh, when it premiered, in 2007, you know, with a bunch of other pilots. I remember it premiered with The Bionic Woman on NBC, which uh, luckily Chuck outlived that series. <laughs> a lot of series outlived that series, but there was something, you know, you could tell there was something in the Chuck pilot that uh, was special. And I knew it was worth sticking around. Like, okay, this is good. I'm going to keep watching. And uh, we're going to talk about the pilot in detail a little bit later. But first, I just want to get this out of the way and why I'm doing this show. And that is um, essentially that uh, Chuck is special to me. It's just a great show. And it's hard to explain. I've loved a lot of television shows in my life. For instance, I was a huge Lost fan. I was a huge uh, Battlestar Galactica fan. Uh, I even love shows like The Sopranos, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of shows. Uh, the Fringe comes to mind. Fringe was a lot like Chuck in a way, where uh, Fringe was in danger of being canceled, it seemed like, every season. But it always got renewed somehow, and it went uh, five seasons, much like Chuck. And in a lot of ways, like Chuck, Fringe was about family. And it really is a more of a sci-fi kind of horror doppelganger to Chuck in a way you could say uh, in fact I would recommend anyone who's a, a fan of Fringe to watch Chuck or vice versa you, first you're going to go what are you talking about this is nothing it's not the same but it has similar themes and that is that family is more important than anything also there's adventure there's action and there's 
also a lot of laughs, believe it or not. And um, in comparison to that, I will say this. When Fringe ended, I was satisfied. I was bummed that it was over, but I was satisfied. Um, With Chuck, when it ended... I was like, why are they ending? And I knew why, because NBC always give them uh, uh, a chance. They always, they always somehow, Chuck was the series that kept going somehow. It, it got renewed at the last moment. It got a stay of execution, as they call it, uh, after s- season three. I remember, well, first of all, after season two, thinking that that's it. It's not coming back. And when it was announced that it was, it was like Christmas had come early. It was so exciting that it was returning. And then after season three, you were worried about season four. And season four announcement came. And it was like, oh, yes. And then finally the season five. But, um, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're a fan of Chuck and you've watched it many times, then I'm not telling you anything new. Or if you've recently discovered Chuck when it appeared on Netflix, which is awesome. I'm so glad that you've discovered it, and I hope you dig the show. And if you want to listen to this show as you watch each episode, that's cool too. Because my mission, this is my mission statement, is that I want to cover all 91 episodes of Chuck in the same way. And uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Now, going back to 2012 when the series ended... And being bummed, I walked around in a daze, not knowing how I would ever get my, you know, how would I ever get the same feelings watching another show? And then I realized, hey, wait, I could start over. I could start from the beginning of the series. It's on DVD. It's on Blu-ray. And uh, if you go to the WB shop right now, the series, each season is like 14 bucks on Blu-ray, 14 29 or something like that. But back then, the series was way overpriced. It was like $50 per, per season on Blu-ray. I was like, oh my God. But uh, I got that first season on sale for like 20 bucks, And then season two was on sale. And I eventually got all five seasons. And uh, I've done several series rewatches. Uh, whenever I'm bummed out, I'll put on Chuck and I always stay in order too. I never skip back to the beginning or skip to the end or anything. I just keep going. Even if I, uh, last I ended was season, uh, season three, episode 10, and then six months have passed. I always go back and pick up at 11 because, you know, I've watched it enough. I remember what happened and I can keep going, but I love doing the series rewatches and it's come about time where I want to do it again. And if you're like me and you love Chuck, you've tried to pass it on to other people like, Hey, watch the show. It's pretty cool. You might like it. And I've some people that I've done that to. I'm hoping that maybe, uh, the series companion will encourage people to keep going. If you're having a fun time and you like the show, check it out. And, uh, I'll be here to watch it along with you. It's a really cool thing. And um, believe me, as I've watched the show, and it, what's, what's so great is that it gives you this uh, exciting feeling and these warm feelings. And sometimes you just catch yourself smiling like a goofball as you're watching this show. And I look around sometimes and I'm all alone. I've tried to get my wife to watch it. I think she watched it back in season one, but you lose track of things. But... It's kind of like Chuck has been my thing where I've watched it by myself and 
I can't get it out of my system. Maybe doing this show will help me get it out of my system. Or at least somebody to talk to the show about. Uh, it's funny, when I realized online that there are a lot of people on Twitter. Like, I've made Chuck tweets. Like, hashtag Chuck or something like that. And I will get people I don't know, strangers retweeting. And I realize, wow, there are fans out there. And that's pretty cool. So, if this show helps find those people too, it'll be pretty cool. Um... Because it's the kind of thing where I walk around in my everyday life. I'm not quoting Chuck or or, uh, telling everyone about it. It's something I keep to myself. It's something special to me. In fact, if you don't even know who I am, I will tell you this. Since 2005, I've done a film, television, and pop culture podcast. It's now called Entertainment Landfill. And uh, pretty much every week... In those early years. When Chuck was around, certainly I was doing the show every week. I We probably mentioned the pilot of Chuck. And we enjoyed it. And we said we'd keep watching. But after that, I would say when it was well into season two, I realized this show is special to me. It's pretty awesome. And I didn't want to talk about it on my show. I wanted to keep it to myself. It was my thing. I... Um, I'm very protective of the show. I don't even like reading when people start trashing things or they, they're negative towards it, especially during season three or season five or whatever. I don't think of the show like that. I'm a very patient person when it comes to storytelling. I don't need everything delivered to me all at once. I don't mind pacing and I don't mind uh, basically being patient and paying my dues and waiting for the big surprise or the big climax. And I think sometimes people get impatient when it comes to storytelling and they want to know all the answers now. I love that uh, the way Chuck would uh, pace things out. And I also loved that while all the action adventure was going on, there was also the story of this guy, uh, Chuck. And you got to know him really well. And it was almost like a guy you wish you knew in real life. Someone you could identify with. And the cool thing about Chuck Bartowski is he wasn't a jerk. He wasn't a know-it-all. He wasn't like a scoundrel or anything like that. He was just a guy at a, a, what would they call it, a dead-end job. Let me tell you something about myself like that I identified with. That At one time in my life, in my 20s, I worked about 13 years at a dead end job 13 years is a long time and i live with my sister for most of that with her husband and her child and i had my own room there believe me when i watched the chuck pilot i totally identified with chuck i was like dude i've been there i have a best friend that comes around even maybe one that comes up to the window and you open it up and he wants to climb in or something (laughs) or exit through the window but i've had uh we all we all have friends like Morgan. We all have a best friend. And uh, I just think there's times where I daydream at my job if something more exciting would come along. Maybe that some girl would come into my life. Someone that uh, would be that I would fall in love with, like uh, love at first sight or something like that. And so Chuck in the pilot has all those cool elements in there. But also what's genius about the pilot is it it sets these different ideas up that you can carry into further episodes. For instance, the mention of uh, Bryce, who was introduced at the beginning of the pilot. 
And there's also the mention of Jill. Who's Jill? His old girlfriend. Maybe we'll hear more about her later. There's all these different ideas that they could explore later on in the series. So, are you on board? Do you think you could uh, participate in this series? Basically, watch, watch the pilot for me. Go and watch it right now if you haven't already. And then when you're done, come back and let's talk about Chuck versus the Intersect. The Chuck pilot. One thing that will help me keep motivated as I'm doing this Chuck series companion is your feedback. If you'd like to talk about Chuck or each episode as I talk about them, send me a voicemail or send me an email. You can send all emails to nimpodcast at gmail.com, N-I-M-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Or you could even record a nice voicemail, a voice file, attach it to the email and send it to me. Or you could call and leave a voicemail at this number, 1-206-309-4729. And I'll play it on the show. But most of all, I just want to have fun. And if you want to talk about Chuck 2 and get this show out of your system too, when I say get it out of your system, I just mean I need somebody to talk about it with. I want to share it with somebody. I mean, I love watching it, and I still laugh at all the funny parts, but it'd be great to look over and there's somebody there, even a virtual somebody, <laughs> and enjoy the show. And if you want to talk to talk to me about it, that's cool. So be sure and do that. Now, I want to get right into it. First of all, I want to talk about right when it begins, it's like this espionage spy movie. People are they're preparing weapons or their gadgets and it's in the dark and they're going to do some kind of covert op. And then you see that it's uh, actually Chuck in his bedroom with Morgan. And it turns out that they're at Chuck's party, but he's trying to escape. Morgan, this is a bad idea. Well, we can't stay here, Chuck. I'm uncomfortable with the plan. Plan? What plan? This is survival. That's her. We've been compromised. I'm a ghost. Morgan, you can't leave me like this. You can't do this to me, man. Chuck, what are you doing? Uh, escaping. From your own birthday party. Hey, Ellie. Wow, you look fantastic. Uh, you know, sis, the, th- the thing is, Morgan and I don't really feel like we're fitting in at my birthday party because we don't know anybody because uh, they're all your friends and they all happen to be doctors yeah. uh, doctors who don't really get our jokes well your jokes okay my jokes chuck i have invited real live women for you so please let's go morgan you stay here i love how uh, <laughs> i love how morgan says i'm a ghost and he's talking in that kind of tough guy voice we already get that Ellie has friends that have jobs or employed in jobs, careers, I guess. And Chuck is feeling a little insecure there and he wants to leave. But she just wants to introduce him to a nice girl. And another thing, when you go back and watch the pilot, if you've seen the run of Chuck before, as you're familiar with the cake song of Short Skirt, Long Jacket. Awesome intro to every episode of Chuck, but it's not there in the pilot. It's Cobra style by Teddy Bears featuring Mad Cobra. So if you guys are familiar with that, that's who that is. But that's pretty cool. One of the things you will discover as you watch Chuck is that it has an incredible song selection. 
There's so many great bands and songs throughout the run of this series that I discovered through this show. I would go on TuneFind and type in Chuck versus whatever and find the music, find it on YouTube, realize how much I like the song, and then go buy the song on Amazon or whatever. Uh, and there's just, you learn a lot of great music on this show. I, in fact, this song Cobra Style is on a commercial right now that airs in 2015. And whenever I hear it, I'm like, it makes me think of Chuck immediately, the Chuck pilot. And it's just, it's Chuck, you know. Well, right away we meet Awesome, and he says something is awesome. So it's funny how his character, there's not much to him in the beginning, but he is an awesome guy. He's a jock-type guy. And maybe we'll learn more about him later. And we, some girl says, are you in a costume? And Chuck's like, no, I work for the Nerd Herd. The Nerd Herd, which is essentially, you know, Best Buy's Geek Squad. What's funny, when the show first started, it was like, Oh, I get it. Nerd Herd. It's like the Geek Squad. But if you're a fan of the show for uh, like I am and for a long time, when you go into a Best Buy, you wish it was a buy more. And that's not the Geek Squad. That's the Nerd Herd. And you wish that you saw you could see Jeff and Lester there. And uh, so I have a love for the buy more. And that's what I think when I see that. I also love when this girl goes, did you hurt your hand? <laughs> and Chuck, he's such a dork. He's such a geek that he tapes up his hands from playing Call of Duty. That's so funny. What happened here? Did you hurt your hand? No, no. It's uh, from Call of Duty. The controller chased after several hours. So this girl comes up to Chuck and she's like, you went to Stanford too? So did I. And Chuck's like, yeah. And <laughs> she explains that she remembers this hot guy who was so awesome who went there. And he's like, Bryce Larkin. Yeah, that's him. How'd you know? Because Bryce was once Chuck's roommate. And he also stole his girl. I love when this action scene begins with the introduction of Bryce Larkin. How he drops into frame. The girl says, what do you think Bryce is doing now? And Chuck's like, uh, I don't know. He's an accountant. And all of a sudden it cuts to Bryce. He falls from the ceiling, hits the ground, and it says, not an accountant. And he's stealing something. By the way, before I even started any of this, you know, this is the first episode, guys. I'm working out the kinks, but it was directed by Mick G. Uh, you know, everybody knows Mick G, right? <laughs> Joseph McGinty goes by Mick G. Director of such films as Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. And I think that's what he directed up until um, Chuck. Since then, he directed uh, Terminator Salvation. And some other movies. I'll tell you the truth, I've seen the two Charlie's Angels movies and Terminator Salvation, but I think that's pretty much it. But um, if you watch Charlie's Angels, you can see that, hey, that's a pretty good choice to direct Chuck. It's kind of got this, uh, you know, this spy element and that kind of thing. So w what's not a bad choice? 
Now, Chuck, the series was created by Chris Fedak and Josh Schwartz. Josh Schwartz had created uh, the OC before this, which I've never seen, by the way. But Chris Fedak, it was basically his idea, and him and Josh Schwartz kind of toyed with it together, and they pitched it, and they sold it as this comedy-action hybrid. I think Chris Fedak described it as Alias Meets the Office, and... uh, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool idea to shoot for. And it it really does have this energy of comedy and action and adventure. And I love the way that they keep that together throughout the series. Because the show can get very serious, but there's always moments of levity and parts where you laugh. And there's also parts that are can be moving and touching. But the pilot establishes the uh, goofiness pretty early on. And then, boom, right into this Bryce Larkin scene where he's stealing something, which we know now know as the intersect. And we also get to see this cool action scene. He's kicking dudes' asses. He's, uh, he knows parkour, and he's, he's very good at getting away until he meets the bullet of John Casey, NSA. Don't move. Too late, Casey. He says, too late, Casey, because he sent an email to Chuck, which will set up, of course, of him opening that email. But before then, we get to see sad sack Chuck uh, taking off his Band-Aids. Thanks for my party. Your seven-layer dip tasted like eight. Chuck, can I tell you something? It really was eight layers. Even though we may ask, no woman really wants to hear about an old girlfriend. It's depressing, okay? Stanford was five years ago. You need to move on. It's time. Do we really have to have this conversation again? (laughs) We've rehearsed it enough. All right, well, get over Jill tomorrow. But I love when he gets the email. There's this line about Zork that always cracks me up. I don't care how many times I see the pilot. It always makes me laugh where Morgan goes, Wow, you guys are really cool. Wow. I'm a blast from the past, wow. Bryce remembered your birthday, dude. What? The guy got you kicked out of school, the guy who stole your girl. Remember that guy? Yeah, Morgan. I think I remember Bryce. All right, well, what, uh, what do we got here? What is it? Zork. Remember Zork, the old text-based video game? Well, Bryce and I programmed our own version of it back at Stanford using a TRS-80. Wow, you guys are really cool. Yeah, if I could only remember what was in my hero's satchel. The weapons that I would use to kill the terrible troll. Right. You know what? You're still really cool. And this will be the first of many times we get to see the Intersec upload. Attack troll with nasty knife. I love the time-lapse thing where basically he was downloading all night long in front of his computer. And then Morgan, who it seems like just left, he's back again. 
Dude, you, you okay? Morgan? Yeah, man, yeah, it's me. What happened? Uh, I was gonna ask you the same question. You okay? Did you spike the punch? Something goes wrong, you blame me. After all these years, where's the trust? Yes, I did. And I love that he admits, yes, I did spike the punch. <laughs> and then just moments, uh, just a few moments later, Chuck flashes for the first time listening to the radio in the shower, which, you know, I've always wanted one of those uh, radios in the shower. I need to get me one of those. So Chuck, he has no idea what's going on. He even lets Morgan, his best friend, uh, drive the nerd herd mobile. And it's funny because in the early days of Chuck, Morgan is much different. He's kind of like this. Uh, he's you get the feeling that uh, Chuck, he was in this depression. He'd been dumped by Jill. And uh, like his sister said, it had been five years. He needed to get over it. And Morgan was there for him. They played video games. They could stay up all night. They could eat pizza or drink grape soda. And uh, he was always there. Now something is going on with him, and he's not sure what how to handle it. So what's the best thing to do? You go to work and just uh, keep your head down and keep busy. Now as uh, we cut to the buy more, which, you know, the first time you see her, like, oh, it's Best Buy. No, it's the buy more. <laughs> it's a Beck song called Cell Phones Dead, and it's really cool setting a tone to the first time we see the buy more. Damn souls can't feel the rhythm. Sorry, entertain us like aerobics victims. Hybrid people light a wooden matchstick. Toxic fumes in the burning plastic. Beats are broken, bones are spastic. Robots talking with a southern accent. Who do curses, Bible tongues? Voices coming from the mangled lungs. Need some grit, some get down shit. Don't need a good reason to let any for real. Ladies come, so now, uh, also, this is the moment where we learn about the Irina Domova virus. Apparently, she's an adult film actress upon whom, if you do a Google search on, you will download this horrible virus that will break your computer. I wonder why they're telling us this, but I guess the nerd herd need to know things like this. Strange ways, coming today, I put a dollar in my pocket. Fellow nerds, today is going to be a very bad day. We've got a new computer virus on our hands. They're calling this one the Irene Domova virus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's named after the Serbian porn star. Lonely dude call volume will be high. This is a nasty one, kids. It's a computer killer. Last night, the display version of our Prism Express laptop was fried when someone decided to enter Ms. Domova's website. Anna, close the eyes. This is what happens. What is sexy? Am I sexy? Am I sexy? Sorry, Josh. She drives me crazy. Love. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you'll please just ignore dirty Uncle Morgan. So we learn also that Morgan also looks up porn while at work. <laughs> and he's ruined a computer. But I think this is the kind of job where you can get away with things, apparently. Because uh, if you did that at any job I know of, you'd be immediately fired. But uh, again, we have Chuck flashing something on the news. Captain Del Dye is visiting. If anybody has seen like Band of Brothers 
or any war movie from the last 20 years, you know who Captain Del Dye is. He's been in Platoon. He's been in Saving Private Ryan. Or he does all of the boot camps for movie stars when they're going into uh, a war film. And he's a veteran. And the guy's a badass. And he plays a real tiny part here, but it's very effective, of a general visiting. The general has drawn fire for his criticism of the He's already here. He landed last night. Who's already here, Chuckles? I don't know. We also get to meet the lovely Anna Wu. And very quickly, I mean, they're on the screen just for a moment, but we see Jeff and Lester, which we'll know uh, more of later. But first, we need to head to the Directorate of National Intelligence in Washington, D.C. Bryce Larkin was CIA, Graham. He was one of your agents. And it was NSA's job to find him, to question him, not to kill him. Thanks to Rambo here, we've got nothing. No, you got a dead CIA agent. It's a gold star in my book. If this gets out. It won't. Nobody asked you. Actually, they did. Major Casey is heading up this investigation. So what was Bryce after? Hmm? What did this computer do? Well, this computer did everything. After 9-11, the NSA and the CIA were told to play nice, share their intel. This is how we did it. Every scrap of data we had went into this computer. It mined for patterns and the chatter saw things we didn't. The data was encrypted into thousands of images. Whoever received Larkin's email got all of our secrets. Find those secrets, Casey. Found this on Larkin. Hard drive's fried. We picked up a trace signature. Where? Los Angeles. Which is perfect. The feeling a little pasty. We learn of what the intersect is. It's a joint between CIA and NSA intelligence. It's all been downloaded into this one computer. And uh, Bryce stole it. And now it's in Chuck's brain. So that's what we're figuring out here. Also in this scene, we're introduced to... Uh, Tony Todd's character, who plays CIA director Graham, and a woman who is national intelligence director. She doesn't have a name, but that eventually becomes General Beckman in the next episode. But right now, she's just a redheaded intelligence director. <laughs> and I don't know why they recast her, but we'll see afterwards that it is General Beckman. In the next episode, we'll see it's a different actress. And that's because I don't think she ever was General Beckman in this scene. But in the next episode, which we'll talk about in our next episode, is played by Benita Fredericy, uh, General Diane Beckman. And she's a great character that we'll learn more of later. But right now, uh, it's just this generic lady who's an intelligence director. <laughs> okay, and then it cuts to... Sarah Walker, this stunning Sarah Walker entering the Bymore. And uh, this is one of those moments on the show that you never forget. In fact, I think before the show even aired, NBC was showing a commercial with the Vicky Vale thing. Vicky Vale, Vicky, Vicky Vale, Vicky, Vicky Vale. And, you know, even back to when I worked in retail with my friend, you know, my best friend, uh, Stephen, and 
it's it's just like that. You're two guys working in retail. A hot girl walks in. You drop everything. And I love that Chuck is goofing off on the phone. And as soon as he sees her, the phone just drops off of his his shoulder. It just hits the ground. He's like, "Hello, can I help you?" <laughs> it's just it's so funny. It's just a total guy thing to do where you just drop everything because a gorgeous woman just walked in, and you were just acting like a total dork a second ago. That how many times does that happen? Where you're just like, "Hello," <laughs> and you kind of snap to it. I love this scene in the way uh, Yvonne Strahovski, who plays uh, Sarah, plays up to him. And she's just kind of like, she's smiling on and she thinks he's sweet and ignores all the dorky stuff, basically. Stop the presses. Who is that? Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. I hope I'm not interrupting. No, not at all. Uh, that's from it's from Batman. Because that makes it better. Ha! <laughs> uh, hi, hey, I'm, I'm Morgan, and <laughs> this is uh, this is Chuck. Wow, I didn't think people still named their kids Chuck or uh, Morgan, for that matter. My parents were sadists, and carnival freaks found him in a dumpster, but they raised me as one of their own. How can I help you, Sarah? Sarah, I'm here about this. Oh, yeah, the IntelliCell, yeah. It's so funny also how dated the show is whenever somebody pulls out a flip phone. (laughs) I mean, of course, you know, you watch a show like Breaking Bad or Sons of Anarchy, and they all still have flip phones. Apparently, you don't have a smartphone when you need a burner they can just throw in the trash any moment. But, um, of course, you know, Chuck fixes that phone up right away. There's a screw that's always loose on there, and he tightens it up, fixes that up in a GIF. It's also funny the way Morgan kind of hangs around there and uh he's kind of creepy he's kind of more jeff and lestery in the first episode isn't he kind of like he's just kind of kind of he's the one who downloaded porn at the store he's the one who's kind of sleezing up to girls and that becomes more of a jeff and lester thing later and i love sarah uh uses that line wow you geeks are good and they're like whoa 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 (laughs) they're more like nerds wow you geeks are good. Nerds, I would nerds. say nerds probably more. It's no big uh, deal. It's just, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, nerd, nerd. This is a great scene because it also shows Sarah what a great guy Chuck is. I mean, here he is. She's investigating this guy because Bryce Larkin sent this stolen intelligence to him. So she's going to this buy more wondering who he could possibly be. And what she meets is this nerdy guy who seems very not genuinely nice. And he's helping out this dad who didn't properly videotape his ballerina daughter. And he's a sweet guy about it. What's wrong? I'm usually in the back row. Why? I'm too tall. I blocked other ballerinas. Can I tell you a secret? But you can't tell the other girls. Real ballerinas are tall. And everybody's happy and they're like smiling until, ugh, Harry Ting is there to ruin everything. (laughs) He's like the kiss-ass guy who's by the numbers at your job. 
He drives you nuts, and it turns out he's just trying to get promoted, but he's such a dick. Excuse my French. Chuck. Hi, Harry. Uh, look, we'll be back up and running in five minutes. Five minutes? Do you know what five minutes means in buy more dollars? I didn't realize we had our own currency. Look, I'm sorry about all the commotion. You're not stock boys anymore, Chuck. We are leaders. Buy more leaders. And you wonder why Big Mike wants me for assistant manager. Well, uh, there's an open position. Big Mike didn't tell me about that. And why should he? He knows you won't leave the comfort of the herd. There's a strange device that Mick G uses in the pilot. You'll notice where people talk directly to the camera quite a bit. Usually it happens throughout the series. In fact, now that I think about it, like Emmett Milbarge and Big Mike, usually people of authority speak directly to the camera, but they're talking directly to Chuck. And it's it's kind of a strange thing. I noticed they use it quite a bit in the pilot, not as much later on, but it happens occasionally. There's a moment that happens here where basically a Harry Tang cock-blocked Chuck <laughs> in front of Sarah, for lack of a better term. And But she left a card. And I love what Morgan says. And then he goes and sniffs the card. Like I said, he's more like a Jeff and Lester in the pilot where he's kind of sleazy. Chuck, dude. She left you a card. <laughs> Now, what's coming up here is a moment that always cracks me up now that, of course, like you, you've seen the pilot many times. And that is when uh, Chuck and Morgan walk in on a ninja stealing his computer. And what's funny about this, not just the physical comedy between Zachary Levi and Joshua Gomez, but the fact that the ninja is Sarah Walker, because it looks like a dude. And I have no idea why. I think when you think about it, they didn't want to give away that it was a woman fighting automatically and you knew it was Sarah. They didn't want Chuck and Morgan to think it was a woman. So it had to look like a guy, I guess. But it's kind of confusing, but then you just laugh it off. Because, in fact, that's what you do a lot throughout the Chuck series. You shrug off the weird stuff <laughs> because it's so entertaining. And the physical comedy here with Chuck getting racked, getting hit in the head with a glass vase as uh, Morgan is just trying to help is pretty funny. You know, you got to understand, this is what I've been telling people for I don't know how long I can... Please, not the computer. We get the return of the song by Teddy Bears, Cobra Style, but there's a great moment here when the shelf falls and the computer crashes to the ground, and Chuck ends with this line. And then the ninja gets to the car and speeds away, and we learn it's Sarah, and it's kind of, and it's pretty funny. But there's uh, 
more Jeff and Lester here, and I love the way Lester acts about the computer. It, it la- makes me laugh every time how serious he is. Because he's not a guy who's overly serious. He's uh, just such a strange character. But I love the way he acts about this broken device. Now I've been through it. It's dead. Slowly fried. And this hard drive was murdered. What if you were the unwitting target of a ninja vendetta and he returns tonight to strangle you with his nunchucks? That's super, Jeff. Thanks for thinking outside the box on that one. And here I thought I couldn't get any more freaked out. I love that double wink that Jeff gives. It's so creepy. It's great. I'm going to go buy some new locks next door at Large Mart. I love this whole Large Mart sequence because Large Mart plays a part in throughout the series. You hear that name, but this is the only time I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the only time we ever see Large Mart. And uh, it's this big, open, wide place like uh, Costco or Sam's Club where they have all these things. In fact, they probably filmed this in a uh, Sam's Club or something. Chuck happens upon this creepy guy buying power tools, and he flashes on him. Oh, thank God. Uh, Excuse me, sir. Do you know where they sell those? What do you want? Um, um, no, no, sorry, sorry, nothing, nothing at all. Just, I was, uh, wow, look at that. There's this moment where Chuck starts to walk away from the guy and he makes this weird sound. And I swear it's the sound of the little spy guy in the Chuck intro. It's like this sound. It's so strange, but I'm wondering if they sampled that sound from this moment and put it in the intro. Just listen to it. And we also learned that because of the computer being destroyed, Sarah couldn't pull any information off of it. Like why Bryce sent this to Chuck. So her boss, Graham, is telling her to pull out because Casey is there and he's in charge. And what's cool about Casey, played by the great Adam Baldwin, is that in the beginning of the series, he's he's like a Terminator himself. He's like this... Uh, formidable kind of stoic killing machine. And, you know, he does remain that throughout the series, but he becomes more of a human being throughout the series. But in this pilot, uh, the first couple of episodes, maybe early (laughs) the first season, uh, he's very much this hard nosed guy. You wouldn't think twice about him killing anyone. He doesn't seem to question orders, and he's gets the job done. And he's a pretty scary bad guy. Essentially, he's one of the bad guys they're getting away from. They're trying to get away from in the pilot. Like I said, the computer was destroyed beyond repair. Okay, it's done. I want you in the air in an hour. But what if he has an external drive? A, it's a over, Sarah. The NSA is stepping in. Bryce was CRA. He was our guy. And he burned us. Casey's on his way out. You're being recalled. Because of Casey. He's a burnout. He's a killer, Sarah. Cold school. I want you to listen to me. Whatever happened with Bryce, you couldn't have known. You couldn't have stopped. But I can fix it. If there's a backup, I'll find it. Just give me 12 hours. 
Sarah's not one to give up. So she's going to go out on a date with Chuck and try to get any kind of intel she can, hell or high water. So we have this great moment here where she flirts more with Chuck and gets a date from him. And there's uh, Morgan there in the background again, being kind of creepy. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Uh, phone trouble again? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure I'm able to receive calls because I never got one from you. <laughs> I'm sorry I left so quickly yesterday. I had an appointment with a realtor. I just moved here. Welcome. Thanks. And uh, I don't really know anyone here i was wondering if you would show me around that is if you're free oh he's free he he's got nothing but time on his hands he is very available you guys are gonna have a great time and here we have this is something i can relate to as i said at the beginning living with my sister there with her husband me being a single guy who lives in her spare bedroom if I showed up and said, hey, I got a date, your sister's job, that's what she does. She's excited for you, and she wants to make sure you get it right. And I love this whole sequence of Sarah. She's preparing for a night of uh, you know, getting information, but she's also an agent. You know, She looks beautiful and everything, but also she's got throwing knives. She's got darts dipped in poison and... <laughs> juxtaposed with Chuck having his sister pick out his clothes. It's great. I love this whole sequence. Hey, Chuck. Ellie, Captain, don't freak out. Remain calm. I have some news. Chuck's got a date! What? Who? Way to go, Chuck. That's awesome. Oh, God. What are you going to wear? We get this cool song called Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is by Jet. Yeah, actually, Morgan met her online in this kind of chat room. I'm totally kidding. Try on. Honestly, this. I'm a girl. I know what girls like. I'll go change. And I love that uh, Ellie also reminds Chuck no girlfriend talk. Everybody knows. You never talk about your last girlfriend. If you're a girl, never talk about your last boyfriend. When you're meeting a new guy, don't talk about your ex. And Chuck needs to learn that. <laughs> and his sister's reminding him. I love that. But also, we get the line, Asus Charles, from his sister. And he sets it up there. Ah, dad line. That's something his dad always said. Because you wonder, you know, this is the pilot. Where are their parents? It's just Chuck and his sister. We don't know anything about them, really. But we will learn as the series goes on. <laughs> That's one of those things I talked about, how it establishes the pilot sets up 
all these threads that could be later used throughout the series. You're not setting up just a show, an hour-long drama. You're setting up an entire series of storylines that could happen. Hey, so these are left over from the party. Oh. oh. And um, don't forget about the old girlfriend rule. Right, got it. No mention of Jill. Aces, Charles. Your aces. A dad quote. I'm impressed. Love you, sis. I love you. Have fun. I will. I'll try. And then we get Morgan, who... We know by looking at him <laughs> that he has a thing for Ellie, Chuck's sister. And he always lingers after Chuck leaves. And it's always funny stuff. It's always gold. It always makes me laugh. Just, he grew up so fast, you know. And... Go home, Morgan. Just go home. Go home. Sarah is one final time talking to Graham saying, basically, you know, I don't think this Chuck guy is a bad guy. He's not a spy. He just seems like a nice guy. Maybe somebody, maybe Bryce sent him the stuff on accident. I don't know. But, and of course, you know, you get cynical in this line of work and Graham's like, no, no, there are no nice guys in the world. You're on your own on this one, Sarah. I can't help you if something goes wrong. I didn't know about this guy, Graham. Nice guys aren't sent government secrets. What should I do if he runs? Kill him. And poor Chuck, he's sitting there unaware at the door that the guy just said, kill him if he's something else. But Chuck is nothing but a nice guy. He does have, what's funny, up until now, he has flashed, but he has no idea what it is. And you got to think if that happened to you, who would you tell? Would you go to your sister or Morgan? You probably would keep it a secret until you figured more out. I would think. That's something to think about. By the way, I want to go to this Mexican restaurant that Chuck and Sarah go to on their first date. It just looks awesome. So, yeah, I live with my sister and her boyfriend, Captain Awesome. No. <laughs> it's true, though. So, so wait, you call him Captain Awesome. Yeah, wait till you meet him. I love this first date. Also, the awkward kind of uh, conversation between Chuck and Sarah. And I always, I don't know if, if you guys are like this, but uh, when I get embarrassed for somebody when watching a TV show or a movie, sometimes I have to look away for a moment. Like I can't look because embarrassment is just like the worst. And Chuck's, when she says she has a lot of baggage and Chuck says, I'll be your baggage handler. It just sounds so goofy and awkward that I always have to like, just look away for a second. <laughs> That's funny. I'm a, I'm a funny guy. Clearly. Which is good, because I am not funny. Is that your big secret, by the way? Because I've been sitting here trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Oh, plenty, believe me. And I was thinking either she's a cannibal or she's really not that funny. And I was pulling for cannibal because I'd never met one before. Uh, not a cannibal, but I did just come out of a long relationship, so I may come with baggage. Well, I could be your very own baggage handler. She brings up Bruce, her ex, but we really know, or do we know... No, we don't know that yet, guys. Uh-oh, spoilers. <laughs> we know who she's talking about is Bryce. Uh, so the guy, the ex, the guy, the ex is the reason you moved here from... Uh, D.C. Right. Yeah. 
After I realized that all of my friends were his friends, and that everything about Washington reminded me of Bruce, I needed a change. A big one. Bruce. Yeah, you give me crap for being Chuck, and you went out with a Bruce. <laughs> That's nice. That's real good. So, so what about you? What skeletons do you have in your closet? Any secrets? Any women? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love. She gives him the open to talk about Jill, but he's not going to take the bait. He's been warned too often from his sister. Well, back in college, there was someone. Actually, that's all over with now, and her restraining orders are very specific. <laughs> so, I like you, Jack. You know what's funny is when you've watched this series a lot, as I have. Hopefully, you have too. You go back to this episode, wondering at what point was it that Sarah started falling for Chuck. And it's funny, I'm not like what they call a shipper when I watch a show. I'm not like, oh, those... I mean, sometimes you are. You know You know when they're setting up two characters to be together on a show. Like, oh, eventually they're going to get together. You know, that's what they're doing. But the Zachary Levi and Yvonne Strahovski's chemistry is undeniable when you watch this. They, uh, they have chemistry. And you're just like... Wow, they do go great together, and that's what the scene shows us right away. That just their little conversation, you you're just pulling for Chuck, you're rooting for him, but at the same time, you know that this girl is a CIA agent, and she thinks he might be some kind of threat or something. You know, she does have her doubts, but it's like this undeniable feeling that wow, look at this guy, he's such a great guy. He's looking at her like, look at this goddess. What is she even doing? into me why is she on this date with me and it's great to see it kind of happen uh, especially after you've watched the whole series to go back and watch this happen again it's funny because sarah might give herself away in some ways like when you ask somebody what their favorite music is sometimes they'll go i don't know i like everything or usually i think a lot of that is kind of an insecurity where you're afraid to say what your favorite band is because you might be rejected, but she gives an answer of, I don't know, like, because like, wow, she's not even into music because she's too busy being a spy to really listen to uh, music and the radio and stuff. And uh, Chuck flashes again. I don't know about you guys, but after watching the pie, I'm craving some pie because I keep seeing a pie in that flashing and it's making me hungry. Where are we going? Well, do you like music? I guess. <laughs> you guess? What's your favorite band? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. God, I'm not funny. I don't listen to music. This must be your worst date ever, right? I was waiting for you to say no. Sorry, sorry, I kind of zoned out there for a second. No, 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 God, no, I, uh, I've had, I've had much, much worse, uh, well, much worse dates, experiences overall with, with, with women. In 11th grade, actually. 11th grade? Oh, <laughs> you have to go back that far? <laughs> I'm 
And then we see that, like the Terminator, John Casey is stalking them on their date. And we learn that all he wants is Chuck, because he's going to throw him in a cell somewhere or an interrogation room and get the answers out of him. And he gives the guy permission to just take out Walker. What a bastard. Chuck Bartowski is your mark. NSA director wants him with a pulse. Can we find out who he's working with and what he knows? He lives. CIA skirt. You can kill. And there's this uh, moment in this club that I love. And by the way, you know, when Chuck has its moments of great music, I absolutely love this song. It's by a band called Foreign Born, and they're actually there playing live this cool song called Into Your Dream. And we get this uh, cool performance that Chuck and Sarah dance to. whole sequence because the bad guys come in sarah and chuck are dancing and she's basically taking dudes out while chuck is totally oblivious look at the look on his face he's like oh my god i can't believe i'm here i can't believe i'm doing this this uh woman is into me it's just a really cool sequence i like it But, of course, as soon as she sees Casey, the jig is up and they just need to get the hell out of there because he's like the Terminator. (laughs) As I've said, I've said it repeatedly, but he's a scary dude in the pilot. You don't even know if he's the bad guy or not. That's what he's coming off like. And so the chase is on and Chuck has no idea what the hell's going on. I mean, Sarah wants to drive the nerd herd mobile. Nobody drives the nerd herd mobile except Chuck. Or Morgan, if he's having a down day. Chuck, give me your keys. Uh, look, I don't mean to be old-fashioned, but the company only wants employee nerds driving the nerd herd mobile. I mean, it's kind of, you know... Get in the car. How'd you get into my car? Get in the car right now! Sarah? Just get in! What is going on? Tim Jones gets to show him in action just how cool the music is in Chuck. watch this i'm like who the hell is this nerd (laughs) this skateboarder dude man he's like (laughs) computer emergency it's like what where this is this like mick g's nephew or something who is this guy computer emergency 
And this is kind of, it kind of, it reminds me of the Terminator, like when Kyle Reese is telling Sarah, that Terminator is after you, you know, uh, Sarah's trying to tell Chuck that that's an NS that's the NSA and they're after you. And Chuck's like, what, what the hell's going on? And, uh, it's a, it's a great moment kind of snaps Chuck out of his world. And now he's entering the spy world at this moment. Listen to me, Chuck, those men will hurt you. They're from the NSA and they're after you. Me? Why? Wait, 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 why me? I'm nobody. I'm the, I'm the supervisor of a nerd herd and a buy more. Maybe one day I'll be assistant store manager. And I don't even know if I want that job. And you know what? That's not your problem. There's this cool moment that they're going to run Sarah down. Basically they're going to just run her over and kill her. But she throws a knife into that, uh, what do you call those, a barricade thing? I don't even know what that is, but it's like you hit the button and the barricade pops up. And uh, it's a really cool device to use in this scene. And uh, it's just a pretty, it's a pretty cool action scene. Establishing basically what a badass Sarah is. Don't look out! And now finally, you know, she's asking him the questions like, how do you know Bryce Larkin? And he's just confused. And how well do you know Bryce Larkin? What? How do you how do you know Bryce? We work together at the CIA. The what? The, the CIA? Bryce is a spy? Bryce Larkin from Connecticut is a spy? A rogue spy. Did he try to contact you? I haven't heard from Bryce in the. Wait, no, he's, he's he sent he sent me an email. Did you open it? Yeah, it was a it was a line from Zork. What? Uh, Zork. It's a, it's a video game that we used to play. It was like a riddle, and I solved it. And then there was uh, uh, pictures, lots and lots of pictures. You saw them? Uh, your computer. Did you back it up? Is there an external drive? It crashed a week ago. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. A was I not supposed to look at those pictures? Okay. I may have to aim my gun at you. So just don't freak out. Why? late tired let's cut the crap and give him to me now he belongs to the nsa the cia gets him first you come any closer and i shoot sarah i'm freaking out i love that uh, casey establishes what a non-feeling person he is He'll kill Chuck and Sarah and go out for a snack. You shoot him, I shoot you. I leave both your bodies here. Go out for a late snack. I'm thinking maybe pancakes. Chuck, no! And we get to see the cherry pie again. Man, I'm getting hungry. They're gonna kill him. Kill who? Stanfield, the general, uh, the general Stanfield, the NATO guy. Look, something is wrong with me, okay? I don't know what it is, but something is very, very wrong with me, and I'm remembering things that I shouldn't know. Okay, Chuck, talk to me. Like what? I don't know. I don't know. For example, uh, there was there was a Serbian demolitions expert at the large bar today. That's kind of odd, wouldn't you say? Look, last week, the NSA, you guys intercepted some blueprints. Blueprints of a hotel. That hotel. And then the CIA, you guys found a file of schematics of a bomb in Prague. The bomb is in that hotel. He was working with Bryce. No, he opened Bryce's email. Chuck, those pictures that you saw were encoded with secrets, government secrets. If you saw them, then you know them. 
There were thousands of them. Wait a minute. You're telling me all of our secrets are in his head. Chuck is the computer. Exactly. That's the show. <laughs> That's the show right there in a nutshell. But it's so, so much more, guys. And you know that. What did you say? What does that mean? Chuck, you have to listen to me. You have to tell us where this bomb is. What is happening to me? You said there was a bomb. Is there time to stop it? What? 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 Are you crazy? No, we're the good guys. We get paid to keep bombs from exploding. Look, I can't. I can't help you. Okay? I really wish that I could, but I can't. Call Bryce. He's the guy that can save the day. Bryce is dead. He died sending those secrets to you. Bryce is dead? Yeah, and John Casey is there, and he's the guy who shot him. <laughs> but I, I love this whole rush to get to the the hotel where the general is in the nick of time. You know that we know it's a cliche in shows, movies, the uh, the ticking time bomb. But they do a cool little twist here, which I've always enjoyed, and I always think it's fun. Of course, when they get to the bomb with all the C4, how indeed do you defuse a bomb? No time to evacuate. Ideas? Disconnect the laptop. There's no trigger. The cables. No, definitely a trap. What the hell do you think you're doing? Here's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we, we may have a cautionary situation here, so we'll take a short break. Chuck, is there anything else you remember about the bomb? Many moments in the series, Morgan will call at the wrong time in the show. But I love so much that Chuck's ringtone is Journey Any Way You Want It. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it, any way you want it. Hi, Morgan. Hey, how's it going? A little busy right now, buddy. Uh, in a good way? Details. Why are you calling? I don't know. Just... Laying on your bed, Ellie's with the captain, my computer's got a case of the Domovas. Yeah, we figured I'd check in. But luckily, Morgan puts the idea of the Domova virus into Chuck's head, and now he knows what to do. Okay, okay, I have an idea. That's not an Xbox. You're not an X-Man. I understand. <laughs> I love that line. That's not an Xbox, and you're not an X-Man. Mr. Bond? Meet Mr. Internet. You did it. I did it. I did it. I I defuse. A real bomb. <laughs> this is a real identity. <laughs> what? What if I was wrong? Don't puke on the C4. Huh? Another great line. Don't puke on the C4. We have this great moment where Sarah and Casey are basically fighting over Chuck. Who gets him? Sarah knows that. This is can't this won't be the last time he could save the day. They could use this intel on his head. But uh Casey, he's like, This isn't what I do. I break things. He kills things. He ends things. But uh they're gonna have to find a way to work together with Chuck. And of course that's gonna be a dynamic in the uh first season. And uh this is just setting it all up. He's coming, coming with, with me. me. What if this was a fluke? And what if it wasn't? 
What if he can stop something bigger? Fine, drop him in a psych tank, let him stare at four rubber walls for a decade. He'll tell us what we want to know. Casey, we don't know how this works and what triggers the memories. He'll crack wide open. Not my job. I break things, I don't fix them. What about his job and his friends? And what do we do about his sister? What about my sister? Nothing. We were just discussing... No, 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 hold on a second. You have to leave my family and my friends out of this. We'll see. Look, Bryce sent that email to me. I'm the one remembering your secrets, which means you have to listen to me, both of you. And right now, I'm going to go home. No, you're not. Uh-uh. You? You need me. And we get a cool Shins, or I should say The Shins, song here towards the end. It's called A Comet Appears. And like I said, Chuck always has great music. There shone a chlorine light on a host of individual sins. Let's carve my aging face off. Fetch us a knife. Start with my eyes. Down to the lines from a grimacing smile. Now, I could, like, analyze the lyrics of every song that's in Chuck, but I'll leave that to you guys, okay? Because I won't go that far. But I love just mentioning the songs because the music is such an important part of the series. And we get this great moment of Chuck on the beach. He's there. He's contemplating things. His life is about to change for the better, for worse. He doesn't know. I'm just, like, analyzing things here. (laughs) He's wondering, he's staring off into the ocean, wondering what is going to happen. Sarah's there, and she's going to talk to him. How long have you been here? All night. There's nowhere I can run, is there? Not from us. Talk to me, Chuck. Yesterday I was making 11 bucks an hour fixing computers. Now I have one in my brain. And I can't figure out why Bryce did this, why he chose me. What are you going to do with me? What happens now? For now, you go back to your own life. We'll protect you and you'll work with us. And while Sarah's talking to Chuck, there's this great intercut to him arriving home and his sister worried sick and Morgan worried and they all have this big group hug and then Awesome is like hey group hug <laughs> it's pretty funny early morning procedure so group hug huh mm, okay awesome and then Sarah asks Chuck to do one more thing for her I need you to do one more thing for me Chuck full of lies, yeah. trust me Chuck And then we see a scene of Sarah looking through photos on her very outdated phone. (laughs) She's uh, looking at pictures of Bryce and then her and Bryce. And then we learn right then that Bryce was also her, her former lover, her boyfriend, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But Bryce is her ex. So maybe somewhere in her thinking is... She loved Bryce. She doesn't know why he did what he did. But if he sent it to Chuck, he may have had a good reason. And what's funny is earlier in the, uh, you know, earlier in the episode when he encountered Harry Tang, Harry 
uh, mentioned that he was going for the assistant manager position. And, you know, Chuck was like, what? They're assistant manager position. So now Chuck has decided he's going to apply for the assistant manager position. Now, in hindsight, when I think about this, you know, Chuck has just got the intersect in his head and he's going to be working with the CIA and NSA. Why is he choosing now to apply for this but uh, it's still funny, though. <laughs> it, uh, does it make any sense? I don't know. He was trying to be more ambitious and do something more with his life, but at the same time dealing with this. Maybe at this point, he doesn't know at what capacity he's going to be dealing with them. He's trying to hold on for some part of his personal life. And that'll be, that'll be much a part of early Chuck is he wants his life back. He just wants to go back to normal. This spy stuff is annoying and it's messing with his life. Even though Sarah is now in it and he's starting to, you know, he's afraid of her. (laughs) I don't know. He's afraid of what she represents maybe, but he definitely likes her. And there's this moment here where they, uh, it's fantastic where you hear some fistful of dollars by Ennio Morricone. And I love this moment. And then we see Harry Tang approaching Chuck and then he gives him the shoulder shove. It's just good stuff. And then it's funny when you realize that it's Morgan messing with the stereo. Sorry, man. Go get him. And then we get to meet Big Mike. Didn't think you'd apply. Well, uh, I think I'm ready for this, Big Mike, and what it means. Responsibility, decisive leadership. Save it for the interview. Now go train a new guy. Okie dokie. Oh, and I love this song. This song that I... uh, basically learned what it was from Chuck. It's by the Brothers Martin. Whoever the hell that is. I have no idea who that is. But there's this cool song called The Missionary that they do. And it's an awesome song. Go check it out on YouTube. Download it on iTunes or Amazon. It's awesome. In fact, you know, if you dig a lot of these songs that I talk about, uh, check them out because you learn a lot of cool music and bands on this show. Like I said before, I'm just repeating myself at this point, but it is a great song, but we established here that now Casey's at the buy more and, uh, he's an employee to watch over Chuck, which is a cool development. And then there's this moment where Sarah's there and everything's going to be okay until Chuck flashes on her ring. And then he sees a moment, I guess it's on file somewhere of her in a fight and she executes two dudes and it ends with a great line from Chuck.
Well, guys, that was the first episode of Chuck. Chuck versus the Intersect. I hope that you dug the show. Uh, it's me still kind of filling things out, wondering what I'm going to do. Basically, I'm going to watch the show and have comments about things I love about the show. But mostly, uh, we're going to be watching it together. So you watch the episodes and then listen to the show. And I hope you like it. Uh, and again, like I said, if you want to leave any feedback, uh, go to nimpodcast at gmail.com. Send an email or a voicemail there. You could, you know, attach it to an email. Or you could uh, call and leave a voicemail at 1206-309-4729. As I said before, Chuck is a special show to me. And it's going to be fun doing this and figuring out how to cover the show the best. I know what I don't want the show to be, which is just me droning on and on. So I want to keep it fun and light, nothing too serious. But I'd love to uh, plug other Chuck things, like other websites and stuff that I discover as I go on. But right now, uh, I hope you dig the show. And if you did, uh, keep an eye out for Chuck vs. the Helicopter, Season 1, Episode 2. All right, guys. Thanks so much uh, for listening. See you next time. Computer emergency. Now this is podcasting. Well, nice to meet you guys. Right. I hope you had a good time. I hope you know more now. Dude, seriously, check it out. It's fun. It's a fun show, you know? Like, we have a lot of fun making it. It's like comedy and action. And, uh, 8 o'clock on Mondays. So if you're working or you got something else that you're watching at that time, which you shouldn't be. But if you are, then, you know, they have these things called TiVos now. So you know, And you can go online. Did they plant you guys on this thing? They totally did, didn't you watch the show yeah, today? I it on Monday. Oh, rock and roll. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, check it out. I hope you like it. It's like, again, it's like a little bit of everything. So, it's, you know, it's not like just a comedy or just an action show or whatever. It's a little bit of everything. It's fun.